Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon is a practicing CRNA for 20 plus years, past president of the AENA, NCANA, and has held many leadership roles throughout the CRNA community. In fact, a lot of our listeners know Sharon or at least know who she is. Our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs. We think we have a great show for you today. Oh, we do. Yeah, absolutely. We have with us today, in person, in studio, live, Caroline Kilman. Say yes. hello. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, Caroline, you're a student at Wake Forest, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And you're in the nurse anesthesia program there. You don't have to call me sir. I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yes, he is. <laughs> she serves on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Mm-hmm. Committee. 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 Co-chair. There you go. <laughs> um, and you're also the student representative. Yes. Yeah. So yes, how many Wake grads have we had now? The first one we had was Paul Welty. I was his campaign manager, and that was 29 years ago. Wow. We've had five. I think I'm number five, but don't quote me on that. But we've had um, Whitney was right um, right before Devin, and then Devin, and then there was me. So we have had quite a run in the past few years. Yeah, so has it been three in a row? Um, I believe I, I, I can't remember if there was a gap up. between Whitney. I don't I think, know. Yeah, I think there was a gap. Yeah. Hmm. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, all we can say is Wake Forest in the house, right? There That's you right. have it. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you know, I can represent for Sarah, and you both went there. So yes. It's absolutely amazing. So, Well, Caroline, we're excited to hear about your topic today of student leadership yes. in nurse anesthesia. Yes. I love this topic, and I think it's so important of course, we're all leaders when we come into nurse anesthesia school, but people just don't understand that we have to take realm of our profession and go forth with that. And when you have great leaders like Sharon Pierce among you, you get motivated and you want to do more and our profession is going to need leadership down the road. So yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing that I wanted to highlight today are barriers and supporting factors in promotion and inhibition of student leadership. Hmm, so. That was a mouthful, Caroline. Yeah, I, so, I try not to talk like I'm writing a paper sometimes, but... We can tell that you're in school yeah, right now. I'm, uh, we're finishing our capstone projects, ah, and okay. um, when I talk to people, even at the grocery store, they're like, wow, you're in academia. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> we take it back. You so. take that as a compliment. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, so why don't you start us off? I know one of the the key points that you wanted to talk about today is bullying in the nurse Mm. profession. You know, I I never really thought about that from my angle, you know, just kind of working with CRNAs, but it must be a, a huge issue. Right, right. Of course, I know that nurses are very aware of bullying, but you would think that when they go on and get their master's or their doctorate, they're going to be supported by their cohorts. And I was sitting in um, one of the meetings at the annual Congress last year in Boston, and previous president, Dr. Bruce Weiner, was talking about, just very briefly, about his experience with bullying in the nurse anesthesia practice. And he introduced the Nurse Anesthesia Leadership Survival Guide. And I was sitting there and I was reflecting on my experiences thus far in my journey. And I was looking at Dr. Weiner and I was like, man, if he can experience bullying and I have already, and I'm not even a CRNA yet, this is prominent. And I think it is continuing from nursing into the anesthesia practice. And I think students are at the forefront of where that stops. Specifically, I was talking to students and campaigning for the student representative role, and they talked about how when they got the yes go and the acceptance letter to school, all of a sudden their dynamic on their unit changed. They would be sent to, for instance, if they worked on the MICU, they would be sent to L&D or they would be sent to other locations that they weren't necessarily comfortable in, Hmm. or they would not have their schedules as they had been, especially if they were tracked, and they just found that sometimes their leadership roles would be reduced earlier than whatever their expected departure date would be. So with all of this, and specifically in my experience, I was leaving in July, and I had to give up a couple leadership roles a little bit earlier than I wanted to, and I think sometimes people are not supportive because they're losing a leader right. on their unit. Um, right. So, yeah. Well, we know that the literature is replete about mm-hmm. all of this bullying within the nursing profession. And, you know, we're seeing it in the medical profession now. And they think, Jeremy, that it's from oppression from above. So, mm-hmm. in other words, nurses are, quote, unquote, the lowest person on the totem pole, so to speak. Right. Right. And everybody else controls them. So, if you can't bite up you'll bite beside of you and so that they call it lateral violence and we had really not seen it in the medical community until the last few years and actually i've quite enjoyed it just would love to eat popcorn sometimes and watch the show because (laughs) physicians we have a patriarchal medical model and they were the boss Mm. now all of a sudden who's ruling them insurance companies health care changes so they're feeling that oppression from above right. so they can't bite up anymore they bite each other so we're seeing this in the medical profession also and wow. it's been quite entertaining for me to watch so carolyn as a student have you have you noticed bullying as a student i mean have you had any encounters that that might help some other students deal with situations or maybe just get the word out there you know I, i've heard other students say um they felt like they were bullied by crnas mm-hmm. who were their preceptor for the day they give them a really hard time ask them really hard questions that you know were beyond the scope of what they were doing that day and and is that considered bullying in that regard you think um, I think it depends on the person. And right. I have the belief of if a person feels as if they were bullied, 
they were bullied mm-hmm. because if they feel any degree of if they're uncomfortable or anything like that and also a big thing that i like to state and this is my personal opinion we are all very intelligent in this profession absolutely so you know what a junior srna should know and then you know what a senior srna should know yeah. um and then with students coming in the first day in the or having them perform a fiber optic intubation or things like that just isn't appropriate. And I think the biggest thing here with me is our CRNAs are sometimes our only people that we have lifting us up because we're our bullies to ourselves. I can count on the times where I was extremely hard on myself and I was like, wow, I'm being my own bully right now. So sometimes CRNAs, as your preceptor, take a step back and sometimes a pat on the back and good try, even if we didn't have the best day finding some good things about the day and reflecting on that can be super beneficial. And one thing that I wanted to add, Sharon, that I really love that you talked about, I have noticed a change in being an ICU nurse and how I have been treated by physicians and then how I'm a nurse in the OR and treated by physicians. That has been a huge huge shift. And I talked about this yesterday because now we've gained a little bit of power Mm -hmm. and autonomy. And I think I don't experience as much quote unquote bullying from CRNAs as much as I do anesthesiologists in the OR. True. Well, it is different. It's a power shift because sure. your physician depends on you mm-hmm. to keep his patient asleep. He can't work if you're not there. So that whole dynamic has shifted tremendously. So it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I think bullying in general is a big deal these but days. But I love her what she just said. You and I just made the eye contact that you can bully yourself. Yeah. I don't think I had ever really given that a whole lot of thought. So that's a new concept to me. But, you know, CRNAs that are your preceptors have a huge influence on you. Mm-hmm. Do you know I still have a note? I missed an intubation whenever I was a student. I must have been a junior, and Dwan Roop was my preceptor. And at the end of the day, she left me a note. And on the note, it said, don't kill yourself over this. You're going to be a great CRNA. And I still have that note to this day. And whenever I won my election for AANA president, I mailed her a copy of that note and told her I was where I was today because she supported me wow. all those years ago. That gave me chills. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that great? I mean, you know, we were. I was talking about that this morning with a guy I work out with, you know, how a smile or a hello mm-hmm. Or holding the door for someone. You know, you can make someone's day. And for you guys, as SRNAs, you go through a lot. I mean, this is a tough program. And sometimes your preceptors or the folks you work with can really add a lot of value to your day just by being nice. Right. right. Well, your whole dynamic has changed. You went from being the smartest person on your unit and the leader to being the low man on the totem pole and it's kind of i still remember what that felt like mm. being the very top then all of a sudden you're on the very bottom Shan, and i can't imagine ego. you being low man on the totem pole i just <laughs> well, you know there you geez. go i hear you <laughs> well let's talk about some of, that's a stressor for students yeah. obviously all of the things that we've just talked about so why don't you tell us about some more of the student stressors and maybe even compare it to what you've heard were stressors in previous generations and is that different now 
Of course. I think this will lead to generational differences, and I love this topic. A big thing, as you've had Ashley Fidan on your podcast. Ah, social media. Yes, social media (laughs) is huge. And outside of the CRNAs, SRNAs page, there is a strive for perfection, having everything being perfect, being the smartest, being the greatest. And in actuality, we all struggle. So I think social media is something that we have these days that we're always trying to amount to being the best. And that's great. But perfection really is a barrier to that. We can achieve excellence, but not perfection. And with social media stressors, I think that in regards to the CRNA and SRNA page, that with that, SRNAs are very much aware of what is posted and we always have to be cognizant and aware that we are representing our profession, even though it is a closed page that that really does influence other people. Well, there's nothing closed on the internet. That's very true. That is very true. So the claim. I'm um, so glad it wasn't around when I was growing up. Me too. (laughs) So I think that's um, a huge stressor. And politics, as Miss Ouellette and Nancy Butenmary have stated, with the ACT statement that's been put out and the nurse anesthesiologist and all these hot topics mm-hmm. that are going on from the 30s to the 60s to the 1980s. And now, I mean, there's just like peaks and valleys of intense moments with our other anesthesia providers. And with that, I think our generation right now is really in the hot seat as well. And um, when we are working, especially in the ACT model, sometimes students can get the brunt of those mm-hmm. feelings. Sure. Um, So I think they're definitely subjected to that. And then other than that, I think that cost, of course, has been inflated, increasing competition. I've had multiple CRNAs say, if I was there now, I don't think I would get into school. Like we have resumes that are. Oh, I will second that. (laughs) That are seven and eight pages long, which is fantastic. But there's a lot of competition. And then also extracurricular activities. We want you to do everything, which is great, but sometimes it can impair students' mental health. And I think compared to other generations, I do think that there was more inclusiveness in other generations, generations that came before us, because even though we are connected, we're connected by the internet and not actual relationships with people. And I think that is something that I truly feel for our generation that we are in now now let me ask you a question my class i had a class of 10 and we did everything together pretty much for two years while we were in school and i have lifelong friendships that i still maintain from people that i went to school with nancy curl Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. Though I think she loves my husband more than she loves me. Because <laughs> as soon as I see her, what's the first thing out of her mouth every Where's time? Pierce? Yep. Bruce Pierce, House Pierce. Um, Jerry Hogan, who's now the director at Rush University. He was the president of Florida whenever I was the president of the AANA. And, you know, we did everything together. And it wasn't on the internet. We were actually together all the time. Am I sensing that that's where you are saying that some of the differences are? 
I think depending on the program at Wake Forest specifically, we are very tight knit. I always say I have 23 anesthesia brothers and sisters, not yes. classmates. But I do feel like other programs, from what I've heard from student accounts, that a lot of the time, especially because there's outside clinical rotations, that they do feel distant mm-hmm. from their classmates and they don't really have that relationship that is supposed to be formed when you're enduring such an educational journey and right. experience. So. Yeah, I think that's definitely, it just depends on the program for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Caroline, let's talk millennial oh, okay. for just a moment. Okay. You know, that okay. seems to be a, a hot word and a hot topic these days is millennials and what that means and kind of putting, um, you know, a certain persona upon someone because they're a certain age and were mm-hmm. born in a certain year. You know, why don't you talk about that for just a minute? Okay. So at the Assembly of Didactic and Clinical Educators um, in Houston, they did an exercise. So I want to try that with you guys. Okay. So. Wow. All right. So when I say millennial, I want you right now to tell me the first word that comes to your head. Oh, wow. My daughter. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say my kids, but. But she's not I, a millennial. Gosh, well, I got it wrong. Well, I know what. I failed. I know what. <laughs> The second word is. Don't and you say it. It, it is. It is. It comes She's out not. every time. Entitled. <laughs> Entitled. That is. Oh, an, that's funny. That is. So this exercise, actually, they did it with all of the faculty, directors, everyone in the room, and they texted a word that described millennials. And I think I was like one of the four out of 600 maybe people that were millennials in the room. And the words that came up were impatient or technologically focused or entitled. Which I'm not saying is not true. People have that (laughs) Mm -hmm. idea because it is true. But specifically with education of millennials, we, I feel as if, are the exception. And when those words popped up on that screen, I was like, man, I... Do they really think just by encountering me and being a young adult that they automatically think that I'm impatient and which I have to be biased for a second, but Dr. Riker got on the microphone and said, we have to change our perception, how we believe millennials are, especially in our profession. Take the words impatient and entitled and say empowered and ambitious and technologically focused and Oh, I like form, that. And form that into resourceful. Right. Um, so I think also with this, the concept is going to change. Millennials are, I think, based on certain definitions, are in their late 30s. And we're going to be educating Generation Z. Um, and no matter what your perception is on millennials or whatever generation, it will change. And the best thing that we can do is adapt and incorporate and engage and motivate whatever generation is going to be educated because we need leaders in our profession exactly now i will tell you the second word that comes to my mind okay fearless Mm -hmm. i love that fearless and that's why i don't worry about our profession i hear a lot of negativity just like we just discussed but they are fearless we can have lobby day in raleigh and the crna's are terrified of going if they've never been and let me tell you what the millennials they're in there that's right they are in there and so they are fearless well you know what i find interesting about that is i think that is true and again i'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here i think it is true for a certain subset of millennials and you're talking about at this point 
the cream of the crop is sitting sure. in front of us. Absolutely. I mean, all the folks in your class, the 23 people, you guys are amazing. I mean, and, and, and I'm not you know trying to pump you up. I mean, it's really true. It is. You guys are very smart. You're very bright. It's a tough program. Motivated. I was down at Duke this week lecturing to their students, mm-hmm. and it amazes me what a wonderful group of people they are, mainly Absolutely. millennials. But I don't think that that's true for all millennials as a whole. And that's where there's a little bit of a differentiator uh, that comes I in agree. here. I agree. I do agree. You know, you guys are different. You are the cream of the crop, and you guys are extremely bright and extremely intelligent. And I can just tell from the way you relate to Sharon and I, and Sharon probably being someone you look up to in this industry, you know, you are different. And if you want to spend a moment, because you grew up with other millennials and other people like you. I mean, was everyone like you growing up? Um, I definitely agree with you. There is a spectrum. And I do feel as if the students that are in nurse anesthesia programs are different. They are the cream of the crop. And I do think that these ideas that our educators are thinking about millennials are very validated, but at the same time, there is an exception. And I think that applying something that is so vast to such a small cohort such as us can kind of put a bad taste in their mouth and Mm -hmm. kind of underestimate our abilities before we even get a chance to really get into school and thrive. So I definitely agree with you, but at the same time, when we were sitting in this, classroom together and talking about millennials, I was like, this is very true, but this isn't true about the typical student that wants to be a CRNA. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Sharon, I, you know, again, I, we talk about your dad a lot and, mm-hmm. you know, I got the opportunity to know him and, and Sharon, you know, I can't say enough how bright Sharon is. Mm-hmm. I mean, just absolutely amazes me all the time As she how rolls her bright eyes. and smart <laughs> she is. Why do you act so surprised? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I've known you for a long time. But, um. Hey, listen, I got you into this business with CRNAs. <laughs> so, you know, it's just funny, but I, I am sure at some point you had your father say, this generation, oh, Lord. you're sorry, <laughs> you're horrible, you didn't do anything the way we did it. And I remember people saying that about my yes, generation. It's just, I and I think it's just a generational thing mm-hmm, that we all is. think, you know, Sharon and I didn't grow up with iPads and cell phones. Mm-hmm. And you guys did. So you relate to things completely different mm-hmm. than we do. And when people are different from, you know, the way you are and the way right. you interact with things, you automatically think some sort of negative connotation. Well, this is a social experiment going on right now how does that impact the generation you know when we when we were growing up and albeit i'm a little bit older than you are one thing that i hear is conflict resolution when you were out playing outside and you got into a fight you went in and you told your mom or your dad and they said shut up get outside work it out (laughs) don't come back in until you do and now you know they break up on text messaging and there's no conversation and Mm -hmm. i don't know how all of that's going to play out in the long run but it is a social experiment but i do take heart to what you're saying that i think every generation complains about Mm -hmm. the next generation i think that's just the way that it goes yeah and I read a statistic today on social media, and I think it is correct, but it said 40% of all new wealth is going to millennials. 
Oh, wow. Which was interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you guys are making a big difference and you're changing the world. And, you know, you take a look at even social media and technology. I mean, all those companies are run by yeah. millennials. Well, the other thing Excellent is point. they're changing it for the better in so many aspects. Yeah, absolutely. One of my daughters, Danielle, works in Minneapolis for Thomson Reuters. And they talk about work-life balance. And I'm sitting there. What is that? Exactly. <laughs> what what is that? Yeah. Because we don't we don't have a a conception of what that may be. And I'm not saying that we got it right. No. Um I think they're going in a better direction in that regard. So I think there's lots of good things. But let's talk about lifelines. Mm-hmm. I like the way you said that by the way. Can you say that one more yeah, time? Yeah, and we're not doing palm reading. Lifelines. Life he, he makes fun of my I accent. love it. That Lexington it's, accent yeah, comes out there. <laughs> Speaking of work-life balance, lifelines, that was not the word specifically, but work-life balance was a major topic this year at the ADCE. And lifelines is a curriculum that's kind of incorporated specifically at Wake Forest, but other programs do it as well, and they have different names. Um, but they are sessions for students to stop and take a big, deep breath and come back down to earth and seek their peers and enjoy the moment because nurse anesthesia education nurse anesthesia school clinicals didactic test capstone presentations everything studying for the nce mm-hmm. which i will be doing soon everything just it, it is so heavy on your shoulders and to just stop and have a mental break and promote clarity and do something nice for yourself really does allow the students to recharge and come back down to earth And a great example of this would be what we have at Wake Forest, where every month or sometimes twice a month, they will have um, these sessions after class. So students are already on campus and they do things that um, are that are very inclusive, such as yoga, knitting, pet therapy, massage therapy. I'm Um, all up for that. (laughs) Um, Cycling class. We had Carolyn Hartle, which is a CRNA, Mm -hmm. a graduate of Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. She did Reiki therapy. So I think that is really important to incorporate, especially with today's stressors that we've already highlighted in our current student, to incorporate these practices and have that work-life balance, because that is important. And it will kind of like allow the student to regain more energy so they can seek other leadership opportunities. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Kimberly Gordon, who is going to Yale with me, and we're doing our projects together, we've had this discussion a lot because we're getting thrown back into that whole mix with all of these competing things going on and trying to get her out to meet and have a little bit of fun. She wouldn't do it. And, you know, FDR, they say, was so successful because every day in the White House at 5 o'clock, it was cocktail hour, and they did not. Hey, I can Yes, I know. Yeah. I know. Is it 5 o'clock right now? Yes. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, Carol. We, we need to bring wine in here. But um, he would, for that hour, no business was discussed, and everybody just relaxed. 
the problem that in Kimberly's defense, our problem is if we get together and with the judge friend of ours that we hang out with, it's never just an hour. You know, it winds up to be four or five hours. So I said, we'll just set a clock and when the hour's up, we'll just leave. We'll just leave. So we haven't tried it yet. <laughs> but this semester... There's a first time for everyone. That sounds fun. I want to come. Yes. That's all I have to say. Oh my God. Well, since you live right here where we can see and you've got a pool on the top of your building, I say we will come right on Open over. invite there. Absolutely. Caroline, what about leadership? I mean, as a student leader, not only here in your school, but also nationally, talk a little bit about what that looks like and how other folks can kind of follow in your footsteps. Sure. Um, with student leadership, I always say the sky's the limit and anything you do is so, so important. Whether that be a senior student helping a junior student via the buddy system or running for national and international um, events, promote the profession. That is leadership. And I specifically, some students that I have encountered recently, Gabriel Vasquez Lopez and Adriana Silva, Steve Pilot, Will Edwards, all of these students have done incredible things. And some of them by just creating an Instagram page and promoting the profession, which is awesome. I don't think that students have to run for a national role if they have other commitments, which there are a lot of commitments that people say that kind of impair them from doing so off the bat, such as family and finances, which is understandable. Take the time you need after graduation to recover from this experience and then go forth. Whatever you do, be active in our association, be active in your profession. I definitely think in the experiences that I have gained, no matter what a student describes that they want to do, encourage them. I think that we need leaders in our profession and truly, whether it be at the state level or national level, go forth, try and keep trying. You know, they have come up with something, and this is something else that the millennials have come up with, called micro-volunteerism. And no, you might not want to chair a committee, or you may not even want to serve on a committee, but you might be interested in doing a single project, a piece of it. And, you know, this is where this concept has come from, and it's not a bad concept to be perfectly honest right. to get a piece of somebody i guess you could say that's probably not the best terminology no. um, that's a beautiful but point. i love that just get a little bit at a time and i'm sure there are other barriers mm-hmm. outside of time money mm-hmm. family that students are not seeking leadership roles would you want to address any other things that you may have heard in your role That is so interesting, and I think some students are with what they see on social media and what they've experienced in the OR, which we have highlighted bullying and being professional, especially on social media, that they're like, hey, I've had enough of this already, and I know this person who is in this high position, and there's this opportunity on this committee, but... I've seen how they've interacted with people online. Or, That's interesting. Right. And maybe I don't want to take that avenue right now, and I'll wait a couple of years, which has been stated to me in my experience. That is very interesting. Yeah, you know that, what might be interesting is to get her and Ashley on a podcast together to talk about utilizing the, social media. Uh, utilizing yeah. social media I from. I met her at oh, the ADCE, yeah. and she was sitting in on a lecture about bullying. 
and she was i mean oh she's dead i mean she oh oh gosh her podcast if anybody gets scratched ashley cries i mean this this girl is nothing but a heart on two legs i mean yeah she she really is but yeah it's it's just interesting as well of course the typical barriers that you talked about but i think students especially with the stressors we've identified i think sometimes they're just like hey I've reached my threshold right now and I'm going to take a couple years off for me, which there was a study done and they were talking about the cohort of CRNAs that are not members of the AANA and that cohort are CRNAs zero to five years. Yep. And that yep. is a Largest huge problem. Demographic we are, reducing. I'm not saying we're the smartest, but we just got out of school and that is significant mm-hmm. because we have such a realm of knowledge and I feel like the fire burns out with them and it shouldn't so early. And of course they do come back to join the association later and are active, but I think we should start active and stay active. Right. I really like this. I'm going to text Ashley. Yeah. I think that would be good. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've got another thing to talk about and that is Newton's law of motion here. (laughs) This is something that Caroline wanted to get across to us. Yes, Uh, absolutely. You've got to realize something. I am really interested in this. You've got to realize something about Caroline. Do you know she presented at the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists in Budapest? Was that just to get the trip to Budapest? No, I I did not think that they would accept (laughs) the research that I presented. They called for abstracts and um, I got an email that said we accept and I was very surprised so she did a great job I was in the audience yes I had to have Sharon of course Um, thank you I couldn't understand what she was talking about (laughs) did she mention is it Suki Oh, Suki. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. You ought to see her face. She just, like, lit up. Her head turned to the side. Yeah, I had a little Capuchin (laughs) monkey when I was growing up. My family had a fish store at the beach, and they ordered tropical fish. And one morning, we had a box, and we opened the box thinking that it was a shipment of fish. And it, it, was, was, a, it was, was a monkey. monkey? And oh, how yeah. cool is that? Yeah, so he just <laughs> stuck, stuck around. Fish. <laughs> I mean, I got my kids a puppy, but if I got him a monkey, I'd be like dad of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was very, um, I think he was smarter than me. And sometimes I'm a little primitive and I blame it on having Suki as my best friend when I was a child. So, yeah, that's an interesting How story. long did you have Suki? Until I was 13. Oh, yeah. wow. Did something happen to Suki? He ate a lot of table food and uh, he got coronary artery <laughs> disease. Yeah, he decided to go to monkey heaven, but um, he was definitely part of our family and everyone knew us on the block as the crazy people with the monkey. And that was very true. So I guess I he's with Michael Jackson's monkey somewhere over yeah. the rainbow. He is. Has he got anything to do with Newton's law of motion? I mean, yes. is this, is this... Um, well, he was very much in motion a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, this Newton's law motion I try to take scientific concepts and apply them to other concepts that aren't necessarily related such as like blood-brain barrier and diffusivity and bullying I try to always tie in scientific concepts now whether or not I will be judged on my nerdiness but um, (laughs) Newton's law of motion there's three laws within this concept but the first one I really want to highlight and that states that a body at rest will remain at rest and a body in motion will remain in motion unless it is acted upon by an external force. So simply things can't start, stop, or change direction without a force of something else. Um, And to start student leadership, which of course I feel as if SRNAs come into this with motivation and dedication to our profession, 
But I think that especially as clinical preceptors and professors that they are a catalyst. So they stimulate students to seek those leadership roles. And things that can stop this or inhibitors are what we talked about, bullying and time and cost and things like that, generational biases, and most importantly, changing direction. So a leader can inspire others to create positive change. So I just love the application of this law into developing student leaders. You are a nerd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You are but a very interesting nerd at that, Caroline. Absolutely. So we've talked about IFNA. Um, What are some other leadership opportunities for students that you would like to get out there? Okay. So the AANA, um, if you haven't already, please apply to be a student advocate. There is um, also applications available. The deadline is April 1st in 2019 for various committee positions. Um, For instance, the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, Health and Wellness Practice, Professional Development. Also at mid-year, please attend, especially if you are a a senior and you have junior students, help them with that because that is, a lot of students say that's the most stressful meeting because they don't know really how to talk to legislators. Really? That is totally interesting. That's if I if I tell people the only meeting you could ever go to, that is that is the that's one. The meeting. And I love. I felt so empowered. I don't think students coming into it realize how politically based our profession has been and can be and has been influenced by politics. And then at annual congress and at IFNA, please submit your capstone projects. Submit clinical questions that you have and do research on them. I think a lot of people graduate and then drop whatever project that they were working on, especially if it's a master's going or if they want to obtain their DMP. So just take your research and apply it and I want to hear about it. Everyone wants to hear about it. You've done a lot of hard work. So yeah. Well, you are a terrific motivator. Absolutely. Carolyn, is there anything you want to conclude on as we kind of wrap up here today? I think the biggest thing I would like to say thank you for having me on this podcast. It has been an honor. Of course, Sharon Pierce, I look at her picture every day when I go into school. That's a little frightening. <laughs> um, Did yes. she look different when you go into school? Does that picture? Beautiful as ever. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yes, I, I, see, I see your picture. There's two, actually. Um, so thank you for having me here. And I also want to say thank you to Wake Forest for the support, motivation, my classmates, and the, the student body as a whole. The students that I have met along this journey they are just fantastic and I know they're going to make awesome leaders if they haven't already and they are just so brilliant and so compassionate and dedicated and they're going to lead to such positive change so well I think we've got an AANA president in the making right here I think you could be right right here absolutely can I sit at your table you definitely see the leadership abilities yes that is so kind thank you so much Caroline you're impressive and we appreciate you being here with us today but I I think that's a wrap for today Sharon I think so Uh, we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mask with Jeremy Stanley. Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to know more about it, check us out on our other episodes and check us out on wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, um, and leave us a review. Until next time. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else that streams podcasts. 
Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. 